Bible, go with me to Matthew chapter 7. That's where we're going to be this morning. Matthew chapter 7. Okay. We're going to gather around the ending of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And you're going to get an opportunity to look at a phrase. And the phrase that I've been thinking about for this this passage is, uh, the proof is in your actions. Jesus has spent some time with this group of people, giving them some instruction. Saying to them, okay, here's some things that I want to inform you about. And then at the end of the information time, he's going to say to them, okay, now, if you love me, these things will become part of your life. And so this morning as you gather, I I realize that uh, we're getting closer to Christmas, and you're going to buy gifts for your friends, and then you're going to try to put them together, and you're probably not going to look in the instruction manual. Uh, Most of you don't really like to be told what to do. And uh, so this morning as I gather around the Word of God with you, there's, there's some instruction here for you. But the question will be, will you pause and say, okay, Lord, I'm willing to be taught this morning. I'm willing to say, okay, Lord, here's God's word from Matthew, Jesus' words to you. Now, I realize that some of you, when you receive instruction, this is kind of how it looks for you. But this morning, I'm going to encourage you to take some instruction from Jesus and not just hear his words. I'm going to encourage you this morning to take some instruction to Jesus and say, okay, Lord, now I'm going to allow you to work in my life, not just in my thought processes. I'm going to take your instruction, and I want that to become part of who I am. I want that to become part of my life. A couple of things that you'll see this morning. You're going to see two gates, two trees, two foundations. It's going to be part of what we see. But when you come to Matthew chapter 7, most of you have thought about, well, you know, wide is the gate to destruction. Narrow is the gate, few will find it. Most of you, when you read Matthew chapter 7, you read that from an evangelical point of view. Okay, we're talking about people who are saved and lost people here. As I've been studying and I've been thinking about this, I kind of look at this passage of Scripture maybe a little bit differently. I kind of look at this as an opportunity for discipleship. Think about the people that are sitting there in front of him. Think about where he started in Matthew chapter 1 with the Beatitudes, and then he moves all the way now to Matthew chapter 7. That same group of people have not moved. They're there. He's been instructing them from Matthew chapter 5, verse 1, to this point. Now, I'm not saying when you read this passage of Scripture, wide is the gate to destruction and narrow. Okay, I'm not saying that you can't use it for evangelism, but I find it kind of interesting as more of a discipleship opportunity. So the people that are listening Will they receive instruction? There's going to be a temptation for the people that are leaving, that are listening. And and as he says these words, and look in in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 13. Enter through the, the narrow gates, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. And only few find it. 
It's interesting to me as I think about the wide gate this morning and I think about the discipleship context, it's almost like Jesus said, okay, here's some words. And I've started in Matthew chapter 5. Now you're going to have a choice to receive them. You're going to have to make a decision to say, okay, Lord, I am willing to listen to you. A lot of people will hear God's word and they won't allow it to affect their lives. Can you turn that so I I can't see very good here? Thank you. There's a temptation for every single one of us sitting in this room to say, I'm going to live my life for myself. I'm not going to be told what to do. I think I know what's best for my life. And so as you come to this passage of Scripture, there's a temptation to say, yeah, let's just talk about the people who are on their way to hell. That's a wide gate. There's lots of opportunities to get to heaven in, the, in our society. Just pick one. And ultimately, that will lead to destruction. But I think he's saying to us, wait a minute, those who are sitting there, I have some instruction for you. And if you're willing to listen, you will find life. If you're not willing to listen, you will find destruction. You will say, God, I don't need you, and then go about your life. And what normally happens when you say, God, I don't need you? Bumps and bruises, pain and heartache, issues. I also think this morning as you think about this gate, and you think about the narrow gate, it's very interesting as you sit here this morning, and I'm not probably going to say anything to you that's been new, or like you're going to walk away and say, wow, I've never heard that before. But the question will be, will you take the narrow gate and say, okay, Lord, I'm going to follow your path, your instruction, not my preference. Lord, I'm willing to submit to your word for instruction. Jesus, I'm willing to submit to your teaching. I want to ask you this morning, what teaching have you learned over the years from Jesus that is hard? And I'm not saying this is for you, so if you answer this question because we're in church, some of us will, you know, kind of not, we're not going to be honest, okay? But what are some of the teachings that you've learned over the years that are hard for you to follow? What are some of Jesus' words that are hard for you to follow? What would they be? Say again. Okay, love one another. What would be another one? Forgiveness. What would be another one? Judgmental. Okay, what would be another one? Okay, what would be another one? Die to self. Okay, what would be another one? Love your enemies. Okay, give me another one. Yes, sir, what do you think? Follow follow his path. Okay, thank you. You're awesome. Uh, I think we all can leave now. Just follow the path and go home. Out of the mouths of babes, incredible wisdom. Okay, what else? Somebody else. Okay, Philippians 4.8. So if we're honest, let's just be honest for a second. All of us have stuff that we, when Jesus says it, we struggle to follow it. 
Is that true? I live out of Orange Blossom South, and I was sitting there. I forget what morning it was. And you pull up to Orange Blossom South, and I always turn left to go on 66. Well, there's always people behind you that are impatient. So they got to go over to the right. It's kind of a lane, but it's not really a lane. But anyway, everybody's been doing it for however long we lived out there. So I'm sitting there, and uh, and I can't see, so I got to wait. So I'm kind of frustrated because I'm waiting because you can't, you never can see over the top of who you know, whoever parks next to you unless you got some big truck. You can't see over the top, so you got to wait to turn left. You know, so I'm waiting, thinking you know, big deal. It's not you know, it's not a huge thing. So I, car pulls over there, pulls kind of out. You know, okay, no problem. They turn left in front of me. Okay, now problem. Okay, and I know what I'm supposed to do, right? Well, you know, there's that horn, and my wife says, you need to blow the horn because it could save somebody's life one day. Well, I wasn't blowing it for that reason, okay? And what makes it even more interesting, I had the church van, so that even made it more interesting. So I know information, right? I know information. I know I should have just been, you know, it's not a big deal. But for whatever reason, it just came out of me. I just had to do it. You know, later on, I thought, that was pretty clever. You're right, sitting here right in a church van. But anyway, I'm saying that for you, so we just put it all down on the table that everybody's got our issues this morning. Okay, let's just make it honest. And so this morning, if we're going to be honest, will we receive the instruction? Will we pause and say, okay, Lord, We know, as you're talking to this group of people sitting on the hillside, you're explaining to them, hey, there's opportunities to hear my voice. Say, you know what? I'm going to take the easy road. I don't want to, I want to go to the wide gate. I want to go to the gate that's easy. And some of those people that heard Jesus' voice that day said, you know what? I hear you, but I'm not listening. And then there's some in that group saying, okay, Lord, I get it. I hear you. You're saying to me there's a narrow gate, and I want to follow your gate, so I need some instruction. I'm going to follow you. So it's interesting this morning. Which one are you? I know it's easy. The wide gate is easy. I can justify all day long why I was right for blowing the horn at that individual who turned left in front of me. I can give you every reason in the book, okay? But it wasn't right. So I come back and say, okay, Lord, I'm going to submit to your instruction. You created that person, even though they're being unwise. I have other words for them, but we're in church, so I won't say all those words. Even though they, you know, you know, I, I'm wrong. I'm just wrong, Lord. I need to ask for forgiveness from you. I don't want to be that son that takes the easy road. You know what's interesting? He says this in verse 14, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to what? Life. And only few find it. There's only going to be a few that will pause in their world of life and say, you know what, Lord, you're the only one that can satisfy. You're the only one that can meet my needs. You're the only one that can set me free. I'm sure glad I learned that now because if I was still cheering for the, if I was a huge Gator fan and found my value in the Gators, it would be a long season. But I've learned over time. There would be a time that I would be upset about all this. Now I just step back and say, you know what? They're just a bunch of young men trying to play a game. 
Lord, you're the only one that's satisfied. Think about it. Think about it when you were 20 years ago. What did you go to to find satisfaction? What were the things of this world that said, God, here it is, this will satisfy me. And now you're older and you're wiser and you're saying, oh, wait, hold on a second. No, Lord, you're the only one that will satisfy. You're the only one that will set me free. You're the only one that will meet my need. So there's two gates. There's something else you need to see here. There's some false prophets. Pick it up in verse 15. Watch out for the false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothes, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit, you will recognize them. That's really important. Two passages of Scripture. I'm not going to uh, go to the first one, but I'll take you to the second one. Go to 1 John uh, chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2 and uh, verse uh, 18. You need to recognize this morning that we live in a society where there's many false prophets. And as Jesus is talking to these people, as they're sitting there listening to him, be, they say, he's saying to them, be careful who you listen to. One of the great times, one of the, one of the fun parts of me sitting at the uh, Sebring High School soccer game, girls soccer game, answering questions, I turned around to this little, this twelve-year-old girl. I said, "Listen, don't listen to anybody that can't give you a Bible verse. Make them show you something out of Scripture. Make them give you a verse, and then say, okay, Lord, I'm going to trust you because here's a verse.' So you look at at First John chapter two, and you pick it up in verse eighteen." Dear children, this is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, and even now the Antichrist have come, this is how we know it's the last hour. They went out from us, but they did not belong to us. For they belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that they they did not belong to us. Look at verse uh, 20. But you have an anointing on you from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. I do not write to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, because no lie comes from the truth. Look at verse 22. Who is a liar? It is the man that denies that Jesus is the Christ. You need to highlight that verse in your Bible. And you need to listen to people when they come talk to you. You can say a lot of things to me. I don't mind listening to you. But if somebody comes and knocks on my door and wants to give me a pamphlet, I don't mind them giving me a pamphlet. I'll just throw it in the trash. It's better for me to throw it in the trash than to give it to somebody else. You can come talk and talk and talk and do whatever, but then I'm just going to pull out my Bible and say, okay, what do you believe about Jesus? Because if he's not your Christ, I don't want to talk anymore. If he's not the Messiah, I don't want to talk anymore. If he's not the one and only way for forgiveness of sin, I don't want to talk anymore. Because you and I are not going to agree because I believe Jesus is the Christ. I believe, as John said in John chapter 14, verse 6, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Watch out for those people. Watch out for false prophets. If you read on down, he talks to them about you can recognize them by your fruit. If you get down to verse 21, check out verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who... What does your Bible say there? Only he who does. Isn't that interesting to you? So the, the people that are listening to Jesus, he says these words. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will 
of my Father who's in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles. And then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoer. So this morning as you think about these two trees or you think about fruit, you got false prophets, you got a wide gate and a narrow gate. And you know what's interesting? The fruit shows what gate you choose. You can talk to us till you're blue in the face. You can go to Bible study after Bible study. But at the end of the day, the proof is in your actions. Because what you believe is how you live your life. This morning we were talking with the elders and Ed Allgreen sent us a message and said, we want to talk about uh, the fruit of the Spirit. We're talking about faithfulness. So he said, grab some passages of Scripture that talk about faithfulness. So I was looking through things this morning. I got up this morning. I was reading my little book, and it was talking about the uh, faithfulness of God. Uh, I was talking about maybe somewhere, and I won't, I'm not dogmatic about this. I was just reading through this this document. Somewhere there's like 7,000 promises of God to us. And I don't know if that's more or less. I was just reading what this guy said. So I was sitting there thinking, saying, you know what, God, you're faithful. So God, what promise am I going to cling to today to affect my life today? Which one won't be? So as I was sitting there, I was thinking, you know what, God? I'm going to choose you'll never leave me nor forsake me. And I realized that's a financial thing as well. So I was talking to Susan, and we were camping, and it's early in the morning, and it's dark, and we both have to go to the restroom. And so she said, well, I think think I'm going to walk to the bathhouse. I'm like, okay. And so she said, but it's dark. I'm like, yeah, but it's okay. She said, yeah, but there could be hogs out there. I said, yeah, babe, but they they saw the hogs way over there. Well, there could be deer out there. Said, yeah, well, there could be snakes out there. I'm like, he never's going to leave you or forsake you. Start walking. I didn't say that. I walked with my wife to the bathroom. I've learned over the years. But as I was walking through there, I was just thinking, you know, Lord, you're with me. If it's dark or if it's light, you're going to be with me. Come here this morning. He's with you. He's not going to walk away and say, you know, I'm tired of that Patterson kid. He just, he he blew the van, he blew the horn in the church van. That's it. He's done. He's over with. Out of here. Okay. Now, it's interesting. Think about it. Think about it for you today. What promise has God given in his word? And God is faithful, right? We know he's faithful. So God's faithful. What promise will you cling to today? And not just know it. Say, okay, God, this is what I know. But God, this is what I want to be part of my life. God, I want to be reminded that no matter what situation, I am never, ever alone. You're never going to leave me alone, ever. You will always be with me. But it's going to take an opportunity for us to pause and say, okay, God, I need to allow this to soak into who I am. God, I need to accept this. God, I need to spend some time thinking about this. You will never leave me. I know everybody's busy. But will you allow the faithfulness of God to be produced in a fruit in your life so that you look like it? So you got two gates. 
two trees. Look at verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. Stop there. As you think about the word therefore, think about all the things that he said up to this point. He's got them to this point. Therefore, I want you to be reminded of how you're supposed to treat others. Therefore, I want you to think about prayer. Therefore, I'm going to challenge you as a somebody that says, you know what, you're listening to my voice. I'm going to challenge you to take the plank out of your own eye. I want to challenge you to stop judging people. I'm going to challenge you concerning your worry, concerning money, concerning fasting, concerning prayer, concerning giving to others and not telling everybody else about it. Oh, look what I did. Oh, it's all about me. Look how I, look how I bless somebody. About loving your neighbors, about turning the other cheek, about making oaths, about divorce, about adultery, about reconciliation, about murder. Reminding these people that there was life and death and the power of their tongue about the law that it will never leave you, that it will always remain. The Word of God will always remain. Blessed are the persecuted, the peacemakers, the pure in heart, the merciful, the righteous, the meek, those who mourn, and poor in spirit. Therefore, since I've given you all of these things, I just didn't give it to you for information. I gave it so your life would be a life that was built on a rock. So that your life would choose a foundation. And you know and I know the most important part of any facility is the foundation. And if, you wait, if you're cheap on the foundation, then the building's not going to last. And so all of us probably could sing the song, and obviously I'm not going to sing this song this morning, but when you were in Sunday school, the wise man built his house on the what? On the rock. So what are you building on? The wise man built his house on the words of Jesus, the rock. So this morning as you gathered here, you can hear a lot of different things. You can go a lot of different places. But I promise you that all of us sitting in this room, we will face stress. We will face heartache. We will face bitterness. We will face sickness. We will face family issues. We will face death. And if your house is not built on the rock, your lives will be shaken because you did not build wisely. You did not build on Jesus' words. I mean, it's pretty clear. I mean, I don't know how else you could say this. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, so you've heard words of his, and put them into practice, is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. So build, but don't just build, build wisely. Take his words and say, okay, these are your words for my instruction. Will you do it? It won't be easy. And you won't like his words all the time. And his words will challenge you. The challenge is the very core of who you are. But will you pause and say, okay, Lord, I am willing to receive your instruction. Because if you don't, you're the foolish man. And you built your house on the sand. And it's going to cost you. 
And when those things come, when stress comes, when heartache comes, when bitterness comes, when sickness comes, when family issues come, when death comes, you'll be washed away. And what's interesting is all of these things you can be wrapped up in, the proof is in your actions. I want you to think about this a second. How I don't know, I mean, I know a lot of you, but I don't know all of you. So whenever the day was, if you've ever done this, I say, okay, Lord, I'm going to accept your forgiveness of your sin, my sin, from the shed blood of the cross. I choose that day, whatever day that was, five years ago, 10 years ago, 25 years ago, whatever, okay? Think about that day. So let's just say for illustration's sake, that day was right here. Not, And it doesn't matter how long ago it's been. Let's just say it's right here. Okay, so that's the day right there. How have your actions changed over here, over this time frame? Do you act any differently? Has there been any reality where the Holy Spirit said, hey, you're wrong? Has there been surrender over the years, months, or hours where you said, okay, Lord, I am there, but I want to change. So Holy Spirit, I give permission to accept instruction from the Word of God. In so many different ways. Somebody could be just bitterness. Okay, Lord, I need to, I know that bitterness is going to destroy me. So I'm going to accept your words, Lord. I'm going to, I'm going to forgive. How about pride? How about anger? How about greed? How about whatever? Whatever the Holy Spirit saying to you, now's the time to say, okay, Holy Spirit, I want to give permission to do some internal changes in my life. You know why this is huge? And I think probably why the church in America is weak? Because we focus more on being the light of the world but we're not ready to be a light yet because we haven't grown up spiritually. How can we be a light of the world if we're not working on anything that's going on on the inside of us? How can we, how can we shine for Christ if we're not saying, okay, Christ, here I am today. It's me. Monday morning's coming. So will you wake up tomorrow morning and say, okay, I'm, I'm here for instruction today. But I don't just want to be like those guys that James talked about where I just heard the word of God. I want to be a doer of your word. I want to be disciples. I want to act different. It's interesting as we gather as a family and it can be as so simple as, as something like I was thinking first hour of, you know, this. December the 2nd, we're going to gather together and pray. We're going to call it the source, and it's going to be a potluck, and people will show up, but probably what will happen at home before anybody even gets here is we'll, there'll be some type of discussion of what, what, what we're going to bring. What am I going to bring for the potluck? Well, you know, so-and-so is probably going to bring this, so I, pr- I probably need to bring this because, you know, so-and-so is doing this. But then I thought, you know, What are you going to bring Jesus when you see him face to face? 
a life where you just said, yeah, I heard all your words, but I didn't want to be instructed by you because I don't like to be told what to do. But even though you were willing to die on a cross for my sins, that wasn't good enough for me. You bring him a wide road of destruction or you bring him a narrow road that's built on a rock where you said, okay, I'm going to receive your words no matter what goes on around me. So it's interesting this morning, and I'm not, I'm not trying to cause any doubt in your salvation. I'm not saying that salvation is salvation is by grace through faith and then look, all the works that you do, I'm not saying that. I'm not a lordship salvation person, okay? Little people can understand the gospel. But what I am not for is people saying, yeah, I know Jesus and there's no life change for 30 years. You don't know Jesus. You have information about him. You don't know Jesus. God gave me the opportunity 23 years ago to walk into that room, scared half to death, in front of a group of people, and there was this beautiful girl that walked down the aisle, and I said to her that day, I love you. So I didn't say to her, I love you one time, and now for 23 years later, I told you once, you should know that I love you, so I I don't know what your problem is. I told you that I loved you. No, if you need to walk to the bathroom at dark, I'll go with you, babe, because I love you, and I'll wait for you. She's done the same thing for me. And we've developed a relationship over those 23 years. But you know what's most amazing is? 23 years ago, her name was Susan Gail Bankston. Now it's Susan Gail Patterson. But she's not the same lady. She's different. Because she's allowed God to do something on the inside of her. Say, okay, Lord, I hear your voice. And I'm not the same, I don't know what you described me back then, a punk, whatever. But I've come to the realization that God wants me to be the light of the world and it has nothing to do with me, any of my external actions. It has everything to do with what God's doing on the inside of me and me accepting instruction from his word when I don't like it, when it's hard. Okay, Lord, I receive your instruction. Okay, Holy Spirit, change me from the inside. I want to be different. I'm going to close in a word of prayer, and then we have something special for you. So let me close in prayer first. Father, thank you for allowing us to be instructed by your word. Thank you, Jesus, for being willing to sit on a mountainside or a hilltop and pour out life to those people that were sitting there listening. Jesus, I don't know how many that were sitting there and you already knew that they were going to choose the wide gate. And I don't know how many were sitting there that, were going to, that you knew were going to follow the false prophets. And I don't know how many were sitting there that were not going to be willing to consider the fruit and count it a cost. And I don't know how many there were building 